All right, back to talk Oklahoma Sooners athletics, mostly football. Garen Emigs, uh, Tulsa World Sports columnist, joined by my good friend and colleague Eric Bailey, the OU beat writer. Uh, you can watch videos featuring Tulsa World talent uh, anytime you dial up TulsaWorld.com. If you don't like the visual, uh, this is essentially as well, uh, the audio is essentially a podcast. So anywhere podcasts are made available, you'll find us. Uh, we'll have more specific information moving forward, but we're glad to be able to provide you this outlet uh, in, in multiple platforms. Um, Eric, man, football season doesn't end, especially uh, as it goes for everybody anymore, but especially the University of Oklahoma. Uh, they've got uh, Brent Venable settled in as Lincoln Riley's replacement, but the depth chart is far from settled and at the most important position. Um, what's your latest inkling regarding <laughs> Caleb Williams' decision beyond the fact that he's, uh, he is officially entered the portal? I think it's still wait and see. We're waiting to see what Caleb Williams is going to decide. You know, school starts pretty quick. Uh, we're a couple of weeks out from, in, you know, the spring semester. And, I, you know, there's going to have to be some something finalized uh, when school starts. So, you know, what Caleb Williams direction is going to be in the spring. Is he going to be here for spring football? Uh, and we're just waiting to see. It, it just sounds like the family is looking for, you know, what who's going to promote him both on the field for his uh, future in playing pro football and off the field too with NIL and what kind of deals can be made. And of course he had to enter the transfer portal to be able to talk to other schools. So that wasn't a surprise that he went that direction. He just wants to get his best, the best offer he can. So it's, it's just wait and see. And uh, there's going to be a decision that has to be made by the Williams family pretty soon. Eric, I think that the OU public has made up its mind on this. The, con the, con the convincing prevailing theory of thought is that it's essentially free agency and Williams is farming himself and his talent out to the, <clears throat> to the highest bidder. I guess, I, I guess I'm naive enough to think that it still matters who's coaching him. I went back to his comment about Lincoln Riley that he made in the podcast on the Prairie with his uh, two teammates, Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis, wrote about that the night that the news broke earlier this week. Where are you on this? Is, does comparatively on the field versus off the field opportunities? How would you break that down for this kid? You know, I, you look and just see where your position. There's going to be so much money out there when he turns pro. We see these, these high profile quarterbacks are getting when they join the NFL, and and I think any money he gets in NIL is going to really just be a drop in the bucket. Now, I say that knowing that you know half a million dollars that that one school may give him is a lot of money, but his his future potential at the NFL, there's contracts, there's money. We're seeing what these quarterbacks are getting paid. And if he reaches his potential, he'll make that big payday in the NFL. I, I just think that the focus needs to be on just prepping himself for the NFL. Uh, and, and whatever he makes in NIL is just icing on the cake. You look at, uh, at what Lincoln Riley was able to do with the developed quarterbacks in terms of Heisman Trophy winners, and you look at, you know, those three quarterbacks that moved on and are starters in the NFL, Lincoln Riley was able to really set those, those quarterbacks up. Now, I say that, and you look at Jeff Levy and what he's been able to do, too. I think Jeff Levy could position Caleb Williams pretty well for, you know, a nice NFL draft uh, selection, a nice NFL career. Jeff Levy's a great offensive coordinator. We've seen he has the track record, and I just think that, Maybe too much focus is put on the NIL because the real money is his his next step in playing for the NFL, and that's what he needs to prep himself the most for. Let me ask you this: uh, the idea that Brent Venables and Joe Castiglione issued a statement in the aftermath—that's that's also sort of uncharted water as we as we sort of see these high-profile quarterbacks, in particular, transfer. 
were you surprised about that necessarily, or is this how the game is played in 2022? You know, it's a little bit of both. I was surprised because they put that statement out really quick. Yeah, they were ready. They were waiting for Caleb to make his announcement, and they were ready to let them know, let Sooner Nation know. They had to kind of put them at ease a little bit, too, because you know, just a month ago, there was a lot of chaos when Lincoln Riley left. And I think they felt that with the news that Caleb Williams was entering the portal, they probably felt the same thing was going to happen. So they wanted to ease everyone's at that point. And I think that's what they did with that statement. They, they came out strong. And then, you know, just a couple hours later, you hear Dylan Gabriel is going to transfer to Oklahoma. So this, they, Oklahoma couldn't afford to be in wait and see uh, mode. They, they had to be proactive. They couldn't be reactive to what happened. So I just think it was interesting that they did that. There was a plan in place. You really get the feel for that because as soon as Caleb said he was joining the portal, things started moving on the OU side. You brought up Gabriel. We should probably talk about him a little bit here. Did some very big things at UCF as the heir apparent to Mackenzie Milton. He touched on Jeff Levy. He has a relationship with Levy. He's quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator for uh, that term, at, at, or most of that term at UCF, anyhow. Uh, he is not Caleb Williams, but he's and I, he's not five. He's three star, I think, right? Coming out of his high school in Hawaii, once upon a time, not five star, uh, you know, Midas touch type stuff with as, it, as it's been with Williams. But this, uh, if if Williams is gone and Gabriel is is the new starter, this is not some colossal drop off. It doesn't appear to be. Not at all. When you look at his stats, he really took care of the football. His touchdown to interception ratio was amazing. He had big numbers on both sides, uh, really took care of the football. And what helps Oklahoma in this sense is that if Williams is gone, uh, Gabriel's played under Levy's system for one year, and there's going to be a heavy install this spring. No matter what Williams comes back to or not, the install is going to be heavy this year. Right? The whole Everyone's going to have to learn Jeff Levy's system. I think if you can get Gabriel in there who understands the system, who played one year, he's like another coach out there for these players. And that's something I had a chance to talk to Nick Evers, uh, the incoming freshman quarterback, and he said he's really going to lean on Gabriel a lot to uh, help digest Levy's system. I think that's probably the best quarterback you could get for this time. Uh, and you're looking at a guy, he only played three games last year, broken clavicle and missed the, the latter part of the UCF season. So here's a guy who's probably going to be hungry and anxious to play. It's a great setup for Oklahoma. It's a great setup for him to have him come in and understanding what's what the change is going to be like. I'm glad you brought up Evers. I don't want to forget about him and all of this. He's the high school player who, who signed uh, just in December, right? Just the other week, day almost, it feels like. And he, he takes on greater importance now as a uh, mid-year enrollee, is he not? Um, headed, headed to Norman now. Exactly. And, and that was the... That was the goal of his family. They, they graduated at mid-semester. He, he was originally committed to Florida, was going to play in Florida, and uh, then uh, flipped after the coaching change at Florida, you know, came to Oklahoma and signed with the Sooners. He was recruited at Ole Miss by Jeff Levy, so there was a relationship there. And unfortunate for him, he was supposed to play in the Army All-American Bowl this weekend, uh, tested positive for COVID on Monday night. Right. So, game and uh, so that that's a tough deal for him but uh in, in getting a chance to get to know the family a little bit they're excited about his opportunities in norman they're excited about him uh being up in norman in a couple weeks and starting his college uh both <laughs> both on and off the football field starting college gosh we could spend an hour just on the quarterback position but <laughs> I, I i yeah i did want to get around to the other position step chart wise again comings and goings just this morning before uh, you and I hooked up here, uh, Braden Willis, right, announced his intention to return 
So there, there's one guy who's coming back, the H-back uh, for the Sooners. Uh, last night, I think it was, or yesterday, uh, Oklahoma picked up a, a Hawaii transfer. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about this, uh, this former Rainbow Warrior? You know, <laughs> Rainbow Warrior. Are they still the Rainbow Warriors? Maybe they're not. They're, I, don't. They're the war- I think the, I can't remember. I don't know. Todd Graham's team. Let's just say that. <laughs> right. uh, defensive tackle, yeah, out of, out of, uh, out of Las Vegas. And uh, a young man who's played a lot of football uh, at, at Hawaii. Uh, he was third or fourth on the team in, in, in tackles. He, he had a handful of sacks. He's a player that when you need to plug in, plug in players, I think that this is a guy that's going to help the defensive line a lot. I think uh, it's something Brent Venables, he's really having to hit the transfer portal a lot now, just simply to fill in spots. I mean, right. a lot of, been a lot of attrition. Uh, and, and, you know, as much as you hate the portal, because you're, if you're an OU fan, you're seeing a lot of players enter the portal, you got to like it too, because you're filling some spots in as well. We talked about Gabriel. And it's something that's going to be needed, something that we're all having to get used to. But look for uh, Coach Venables to maybe add a couple more spots uh, via the portal uh, coming up before school starts. Yeah, I would advise anyone, and this, this doesn't just go for those listening to or watching, listening to or watching this right here uh, from an Oklahoma event. I, I did Look, I mean, you don't have to like it. The fact is, it's not it's not going away. I mean, this is moving forward. The portal is a fact of life. Coaches are upset about uh, kids making rash decisions. That goes particularly at the quarterback position. I get the fact that we're not supposed to have free agency or we haven't had free agency up until now when it comes to this stuff. But uh, it, it, I mean, there's, there's another hour-long another hour long podcast <laughs> slash video to get into the pros and cons of, of this whole deal. And I, I would still go with pros more than cons. But coaches, but if, if, you, if you, you can curse it and you know, stomp your feet over it, whether you're a coach or you're a fan, my advice would be to adapt to it, get used to it, right? A little bit like uh, name, image, and likeness, tweak the problems, because there are problems with both. I get it. And we'll try to figure those out all together as we move forward. But the idea was, was good. It needed to happen. And players needed uh, a little more space and, 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 and leverage. Uh, is they were not getting a whole lot of that uh, before all of this stuff started happening. So use it to your advantage. It, it's going to be a disadvantage in some cases, but my advice uh, to, to, to Brent Venables, and I, not that he needs to hear it from me, is use it to your advantage, and I think he is doing that, as you, as you just referenced. Exactly. I think that's it's just the era we live in. It's new. For people that grew up in the 80s and 90s, this is really weird <laughs> seeing everything going on free agency the transfer portal nli uh, or nil it's all different and it's something that's really taking some getting used to but in the end you're right it, it benefits the players and for years we haven't seen them you know get paid back for all the work that they're putting in and i, I agree with you i think that they deserve that but i think there needs to be some some fixes too and I, we knew this going in with anything big when you have a massive overhaul there's always going to be some kind of fixes right. that May. I think we're seeing that with this too. Something else happened about this about the time that Caleb Williams uh, dropped his news. Something else happened regarding Brett Venable's staff that I did not want to overlook. You wrote about it in the world, and I want you to talk about uh, the the new defensive line coach. Who uh, again, Venable's is making a lot of high profile moves with regarding his with regard to his staff. This might have been the one that caught Oklahoma fans' attention as much as. The, uh, the return of Jerry Schmidt, uh, who is going coming back to Norman after spending some time at Texas A&M. Todd Bates is his name, correct? Yes, Todd Bates. Tell uh, us about Todd Bates and why this is a big deal. A really big deal. You're looking at a guy who 
<laughs> he's a defensive tackles coach. He's been a recruiting coordinator at Clemson for the past few years. And he's a guy who, when you look at his track record, it's amazing. It's incredible. You know, all his guys make all conference. It's, it's, he's coached, I think, every defensive tackle that he's coached at Clemson has been an all-conference player. He recruits at high-caliber athletes. He's a guy that, you know, they, he has a relationship with Brent Venables. I mean, they're, they're really close friends. He joined Clemson in 2017, a uh, former Alabama player. And, and I just think it really sounds like he just relates to the players really well. Uh, he's a coach, and, and we've seen this on social media already. He writes a lot of poems. He's a <laughs> He'll jump on there and write poets. And uh, I heard a story this week where when, when he met Clem, uh, Venables for the first time at Clemson, that uh, at his interview, he uh, wrote a poem. <laughs> he read a poem to Brent Venables at, his, at his, inter, his initial interview. So here's a guy who's a little bit off, off the grid a little bit, but <laughs> the necessities for itself, what, what he's able to, been able to do at Clemson with the defensive line. And, you know, I, I really think it's going to benefit Oklahoma a lot with his recruiting ties in the Southeast. I think Oklahoma going to the SEC, you tie that in with what, uh, you really need on that defensive line, and you get Todd Bates in here. It, it's a big time hire for Brent Venables, and uh, if you're an Oklahoma a fan, you got to really embrace this. I just hated that on Monday. It really did uh, fall below <laughs> the surface of the new yeah. Williams. So, but uh, it, it, this is a huge hire for uh, for Venables in his first year. Yeah, it, Venables great. A lot of the the pundits, especially the national ones, have put out the time to grade the the offseason hires. Right. And, uh, you know, sort of break down who, who did well in the in the job market. Uh, Venables is passing that mustard pretty easily, I think. I, I don't know if it's had the impact that, that and the OU fans aren't going to want to hear this at all. And I apologize in advance. It probably doesn't have the impact of Riley to USC, but it but it might be just just under it. Or Brian Kelly, maybe the LSU, yeah. that kind of thing. But don't don't look don't overlook what's what Venables has done since he got the job. Right. That's it's one thing that, that OU, I think, made the smart call and in, in bringing some, you know, one of their own back into the fold and Venables and giving him his shot now. But it's, uh, it's, I, I think you can, you can uh, piggyback onto that. The fact that, that Brent has, well, we'll see how it works out, but Brent has by all appearances made some very smart and, and impactful hires across the board. Yeah. You look at it, Garen, he, he's been on the job just a little over a month right now. It, it was literally, you know, I think a month and three or four days since he's taken the job at Oklahoma and the job he done, he did, in keeping this recruiting class together and, and adjusting to some of the departures and filling spots with transfers and making his staff together. This first month has been really busy for him. And, you know, we haven't talked to him since signing. We only talked to him once. And I'm anxious to talk to him again to talk about what this, what a whirlwind it's been right. for the spring. I'm anxious to get a chance to talk to him. But he, he's really done a great job. And the, the Todd Bates uh, sign, uh, bringing him on, that that's probably the icing on the cake on that part, too, as well. Okay. Uh, let's put a bow on Oklahoma football. Yes or no, Caleb Williams is an OU quarterback in spring practice. You know, I think the longer this plays out, I think the more it's likely he'll come back. I think right now we don't know who he's talking to. We don't know how many offers he has. Uh, but there's nothing been that's made rash, no quick offer, no quick acceptances. So anyone that thought that, he already had a place, a plan in place. The longer it takes, appears that may not be the case. So uh, I think if we as we get closer to the school year starting, I think that that's when you really keep an eye on him maybe returning. That being said, I mean it could change today. You know, after we, as soon as we get done with this podcast, it could change. So just keep an eye on it. It's something we really got to monitor going forward. Yeah. 
I'll add one more thing real quick. Uh, I was on a radio show this week and mentioned the fact that it, it does happen where guys who enter the portal do, do decide to, to, to re to, to come out of it where they entered it. it, it there are, there are examples. It, it isn't often, and it certainly isn't often that quarterbacks do it. But even recently, I think Miles Brennan uh, thought about leaving LSU only to, to, to reconsider and stay with the Tigers. Uh, Emory Jones, who's a quarterback at Florida, you mentioned Florida earlier in talking about Nick Evers. I, he's contemplating returning to the Gators when everyone thought that was a done deal. So uh, there were a couple of Oklahoma State Cowboys who entered the portal leading up to the Fiesta Bowl. And Mike Gundy made the point that they don't have to go. I mean, they're just exploring their options. Well, as it turns out, all three of those players did leave, but it wasn't just immediate. They did stick around and help the OSU beat Notre Dame. Point being, uh, it's, there's still a lot. Uh, there's a lot we don't know about uh, the portal specifically, but there's even more that we don't know about what these what's going to the minds of the players who enter them. And so uh, I, I'd still put a pretty high percentage. Of, if you're asking me, I'd still put a per percentage, high percentage on Williams leaving. But he's a different kind of kid. He thinks differently. He's made that pretty clear in our few visits we've had with him. And uh, there's obviously more than Caleb Williams involved in this situation. So um, slam dunk wouldn't be the term, I guess, right? Exactly. No, you're right. And there's a lot to be said for being comfortable. I mean, when you look at the possibility of him returning, it, it's not like he's disgruntled. It's not like he's looking for just a better football team. There's a lot of positive, positive reasons for, for him to stay. And uh, so that's, that's interesting, too. So there's a lot out there. We'll, we'll just see how this, this, where this journey takes everyone. We'll All see. right. Real quick, um, one minute on Oklahoma basketball. <laughs> uh, we, owe it, we owe it to Porter Moser given the fight they put up against Baylor the other week. Uh, better, worse, or right about where you thought they'd be at, uh, as they approach, the, you know, the, as they get into Big 12 play? I think they're better. I think that the confidence – I'm the confidence the team has and the defense that they play will keep them in a Now they're going to have to find some offensive scorers to really uh, to, to get them some wins. But defensively, this is a really good basketball team. I've just been impressed with how this team, they only have four returners from last year, how they've really bought together, bought in. The chemistry is there. And Porter, he coaches them hard. And I'm just impressed with what, what they've been able to do. You're right. They went down to Baylor and played them tough, got within five in the final minute, had the ball, had possession twice down five. So they were, they were really getting close. So I, it's one of those things that we talked about a little earlier. The Big 12 is a gauntlet. I mean, you can see the Big 12 regular season champion with five or six losses this year. Yeah. I think the league's going to beat itself up. Uh, and it's, it's tough for a team like Oklahoma. I mean, you look at they're playing Iowa State on Saturday. They play Kansas next week. They got Texas on the horizon. <laughs> it's a tough schedule. I mean, there's no – you can't look at the schedule this year and say, okay, well, we can, we, you know, you may be able to get a win here. It's just not going to happen. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a rough ride, not only for Oklahoma, but all the Big 12 schools in the next couple of months. All right. We'll reset with uh, OU basketball next week and certainly have more to talk about regarding the football program perhaps – Imagine we'll have uh, some ana some analysis as to what Williams did decide to do uh, with regard to his quarterback in future. Eric, good to see you again, and uh, have a good weekend. We want to thank everyone for reading Eric's material, my material, and catching us on video and via the podcast at the Tulsa World.